In the last little while, in Canada and in Australia, of all places, security intelligence services have decided to change the language which they are using to describe terrorism. When I worked in signals intelligence back in the early 1980s up until 2001, I was qualified in a dozen languages, which means I could listen to and or read and interpret 12 languages at the time, including Arabic and Farsi. Now, I say a long time ago, because that was 20 years ago, and my Arabic and my Farsi are terrible. They are awful right now. I wish they were better. I'd like to get back into it at some point, but I'm too busy doing podcasts on terrorism to go back to languages. That's that's my long-term goal at some point. It was a passion of mine. Uh, as I said, I, I taught linguistics at university for 15 years. I did uh, two years of a doctorate in linguistics way back in the early two, uh, early 1990s. Never finished, but languages has been a big part of That's why I joined CSE in the first place, uh, Communications Security Establishment, Canada Signals Intelligence Organization, because it gave me a chance to learn languages. In the last little while, in Canada and in Australia, of all places, security intelligence services have decided to change the language which they are using to describe terrorism. Now, terrorism is a very, very complicated subject. There is no universal agreement on what it means and what it doesn't mean, how to define it, how to delimit it. But generally speaking, the Criminal Code of Canada says that terrorism is a serious act of violence that's predicated for ideological, political, or religious reasons. Okay, fine. I think we're okay with that. However, when you, when you try to study terrorism, and more importantly, you try to, you try to fight terrorism, you do counterterrorism, it's really important to get down in the nitty-gritty. What type of ideology? What type of religion? What type of political ideas are behind terrorists and terrorist groups? And this is why we, um, we take that information that we have and we try to be as accurate as possible. So when I worked for CSIS, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, we talked about Islamist terrorism. We talked about far-right terrorism. We talked about far-left terrorism. We talked about Armenian terrorism in the early 1980s. And if, if you don't have it yet, then I recommend you pick up my latest book, The Peaceable Kingdom. It's available on my website only. It's self-published. I go through all the terrorist movements in Canada dating back to 1868, believe it or not. We had Sikh terrorism in Canada. We had Iranian terrorism. We had counter-Iranian terrorism. And the list goes on and on and on and on. But what is, is happening now is that the head of the security service in Australia, which is called the Australian Security Intelligence Organization, or ASIO, uh, something I know very, 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 very well. I've traveled there many times. I've got good friends who work for this Australian service. They're one of the better services in the, in the Western Alliance called the Five Eyes, uh, which is a, a World War II agreement amongst Australia, Canada, New Zealand, United Kingdom, and United States to share intelligence. The head of ASIO has decided they're not going to talk about Islamist extremism anymore. They're going to call it religious extremism. And they're not going to talk about far-right extremism or far-left extremism. They're going to call it ideolog ideologically-based extremism. This follows a decision by the Canadian government back in 2019 to do the same bloody thing. They're getting rid of the terms Islamist. 
They're getting rid of the terms far right and far left. And this has all been described as a way to uh, make things make more sense, to smooth it out a little bit. It's wrong. It is simply wrong, and it smacks of political correctness. When you're trying to combat something, you've got to understand it. You have to understand the actors. You have to understand the underlying ideologies. If you're um, investigating a criminal gang, my guess is it's really important to understand what kind of criminal gang is it? What's driving it? Where are the actors from? What, what, are, their, you know, what are their backgrounds? What are their goals? And I'm guessing that, for example, a Vietnamese street gang in Vancouver is very different than a Hispanic street gang in Toronto. Just, just saying. I guess there's a difference. So what really worries me here is that in, the, um, in this desire to not offend anybody, which is very Canadian, by the way. God, we do this all the time. We're going to issue language that is accurate. Now, see, the problem with this is that ismist extremism is a term we came up with in the early 2000s because we used to call it Islamic terrorism. And we changed to Islamist for a very simple reason. We didn't want to get rid of the, get rid of the so-called I-word. We wanted to maintain Islam as part of that because Islam is driving this particular brand of terrorism, albeit a non-normative, non-mainstream version of Islam, a very aberrant form of Islam, but it's still in there. All the statements that the terrorists use are from the Quran, they're from the Hadith, which is the saints of the Prophet Muhammad, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we settled on the term Islamist, which, by the way, was a completely accepted term in academe. You look at any journal that talks about terrorism, they will use the term Islamist terrorism. Everybody uses it. It's accurate. It's acceptable. It's a better term than Islamic. And yet the Canadian government, yes, under the Trudeau administration, has decided that it's going to get rid of that particular term. And the Australians, who are the last people I would have thought I've done this, the Australians that I worked with were not exactly mealy-mouthed people who were afraid to say things and call things the way that they were. And yet they're making the change now as well. We can't have people who don't understand the phenomenon, i.e. policy wonks and people like that downtown Ottawa telling CSIS and the RCMP how to do their jobs and what to do. They have to be independent organizations that find out the, who the bad guys are and investigate them. As I put, as I put out uh, a, a little while ago, you may have seen this uh, a blog on my website. It was a podcast. I forget now. I know for a fact that Public Safety Canada put pressure on CSIS, the King Security Intelligence Service, to list the Proud Boys as a terrorist organization, despite the fact that CSIS says we don't have enough evidence to go down that road. We don't have the intelligence to support that. They were told you will find the information to support that. I don't like this, guys. I don't like it at all. Far-right terrorism, as it's been called to date, is very different than far-left terrorism. There's different motives. There's different drivers. There's different realities to it. And when you call it all ideological, well, how is that any different than just saying, we're all Canadians? Doesn't matter where we're from. Doesn't matter our life experiences. It doesn't matter whether or not there's a strong ethnic tie to your homeland, of where you came from, or your parents came from, or your grandparents, or your great-grandparents. What's, what's wrong with me calling myself a Polish-Ukrainian-Canadian, which is exactly what my heritage is from? If I choose to do so, why can't I? It's accurate. 
it reflects my background. It reflects who I am. So when you look at something like, you know, um, the Proud Boys, which we've talked about, not necessarily being a terrorist group, but that's, but that's, that's a whole other issue. Something like, uh, you know, some of the actors on, on January the 6th in Washington were definitely right of, very far right of center. There weren't a lot of leftist terrorists on January the 6th at the Capitol, if any. They were all far right because they were fans of Trump. And, and, and Donald Trump, as president, encouraged people on the far right to do things. He encouraged them to attack the Capitol. He encouraged them to rescue the so-called stolen election. They are far right of center. That's what they are. So by taking the term away, you're saying that QAnon and the Oath Keepers and Three Percenters and groups like that are exactly the same as Antifa or Black Lives Matter, at least the violent elements of that, or the Weather Underground in the 1960s in the United States. You see, you see the problem with this, guys? Is that you're sacrificing accuracy for not wanting to offend anybody. For those who are just joining us, I'm Phil Gursky, President of Borealis, former Canadian Security Intelligence Officer. If it's your first time, welcome. I'd uh, love to see you guys subscribe and like it on YouTube. It'd be great. Take care and, and thanks again for showing up. <laughs>